Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you you're going to say, that guy's lying, that cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the chronicles of Three Tales Max. Yeah, I travel a lot, both work, personal life, and I fly a lot. Um, yeah, I just, you know, you get in a car and you go somewhere, right? And, and it's just a, a, a fact of life. You have to do it. I have to do it. Uh, <laughs> so if you're driving somewhere, you have to park your car, usually, or your vehicle. Mine's a car these days. Weird, okay? I have this weird, uncanny, like gift, I guess you want to call it, or curse. I call it a gift. Uh, no matter where I go, I don't even think about anything other than where's the closest door to the entrance of whatever whatever I'm doing, whatever building, whatever. I drive up there and there's a parking spot. You know, it's sometimes even closer than the handicap spots that are there. I don't know what it is. It's weird, you know. It's, it's you know, it happened to me, believe it or not, uh, in Florida once, and Disney World, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the parking lot at Disney World. It's huge. I mean, thousands and thousands of vehicles can be parked there. I'm guess I don't, I don't know. I guess that's a fact I could look up on the internet, right? That's huge. So one day I'm just going there with the fam, you know, driving up. Okay, where's the entrance? Where is the entrance to this thing? Da 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 da. Driving up. There it is. To walk through the gate, the parking spot was right beside the door, and this place is. Full. I mean, it's jammed. Okay, so it's really odd, right? That's really an oddball thing. Well, guess what? It happened to me twice, years apart. It's a gift. It's a gift from the gods. I don't know. I love it. It just happens to me. It happens so often that my family and now, now this is not my this is not Buck and Chuck. This is my family, my brother, my brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, whatever. Kind of got a nickname. This actually, it actually probably more the people from work came up with this nickname. It just caught on with the family. They nicknamed it uh, Porn Star Parking. Okay, you you got Porn Star Parking. You know, go with Max. You know, so <laughs> okay, whatever. Porn Star Parking. Uh, I didn't make it up, but it's it's part of me. Uh, yeah, so airports. Yeah, you got to drive to an airport. You know, you want to get there in time. You know, you've gauged all this stuff. You've read all the things about, oh, I'm going to go out of airport, you know, da-da-da. And I got to be there four and a half hours early to clear everything, get my tickets, you know, and park, right? And park. You have to figure that in. Parking is always an issue. I mean, I spent three days in New York City once. I could not find a parking spot except for the valet parking at my hotel. Yes, three days, never found a parking spot. So porn star parking didn't apply in New York City, evidently. But at airports, I just kind of, okay, where do I have to get off? You know, where do I have to park? As close to the door to go in as possible. And boom, there it is. Now, it's always a bit of a walk on the airport. Sometimes it's a shuttle drop or whatever. But porn star parking, it's just a part of me. It's just, like I said, curse, blessing, however you see it. I love it. Porn star parking. There's not always, you know, just porn star parking about traveling. You know, you know, once you get to an airport, I have, like I said, I 
live in a very small town. I have for most of my life, and I always fly out of a very small airport in a small town. It's, you know, you don't have to go early. You know, you, you get there 45 minutes before the flight leaves, boom, you're in, okay? But coming home, all right, trying to get back to this little airport, a lot of times you have to get to these big cities and, and, and you know, think about, you know, some big city with an airport and how big this airport is. You know, they're, they're huge, they're massive, right? Uh, so, you, you know, the more familiar you are with airport, the better off you're going to be. And, that, and that's what happens, uh, especially because I live in this small town, I have to connect. I don't have a direct flight to anywhere other than, you know, a, a pretty big city that's close to me. And you have to collect, connect. Always going to fly in and out of both my sp- small town airport and maybe two or three other airports that you connect to. Depends on where you're going, how long you're going to be going, that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? You know, I've done it so often, I kind of know, okay, uh, this, the flight number, you know, you know, 129 goes out of gate, you know, 41 at 205. Monday through Friday, there's no service for you know, that flight on the weekend. You just get to know it. I mean, you just get to know the airport. It's It becomes part of you. It's like anything else. It's like your own home. You know, one of the big things, believe it or not, again, you know, in the airport, especially if you have a really tight connection, you need to know where the bathroom is. I'm now an old man. You know, I have old man bathroom bladder. And I go, you know, anytime I'm in an airport, I'm going to go. Well, knowing where it is is a big thing. Where's the closest one to the gate I'm going out of? So it's gotten to be now many years down the road. I have gotten to know airports all over the United States. I wouldn't say globally because I don't fly globally as often or internationally as often as I do, you know, U.S. lower 48. But I know bathrooms, smoking lounge, where's the best, you know, hot dog, a Texas hot dog. You know what a Texas hot dog is? Or it, it's not a chili dog. Check it out sometime. You just, you know, you just get to know the airports and you get to know the ins and outs. And, you know, you come down this escalator and instead of following traffic, you know, foot traffic going straight, you just, you make a loop around, you get on another set of escalators, you go down another flight, you come out of the, uh, off that escalator and you're there before anybody else from the first escalator gets there. That kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You know, you get to know the airports. You know, outside the airport is just as important as being inside the airport when it comes to knowing what you're doing. I'm not a travel agent. I'm not trying to show you how to travel. I'm just telling you the stuff that I've learned over the years. Tickets. So today's world, you know, you I I actually put it on my cell phone. I also make a hard copy just because I've been places where my cell phone has died and I want to be able to get on the plane. You know, here's my ticket to get on. I always print it out prior. It's nice to have it. I don't need to print out in today's world, but I like to have it. It just gives me a false sense of security, I guess. You print these tickets out and you avoid the the ticket counter at the airport, right? The other thing is you, you don't check bags. I don't ever check a bag. No matter where I'm going or for what length of time I'm, I'm going to be there, I don't take checked bags. I, everything is in my carry-on. It's with me 24-7. You know, I get a little gamey, you know, down the road if uh, I don't get my clothes washed because I don't have enough to survive more. I can probably put two, three days of clothes, you know, dress clothes, suit jacket, tie, dress shoes, dress slacks, dress shirt, you know, maybe a white dress shirt, whatever. I can get two or three changes in. That's about all I get. So you don't check bags. You print your ticket out before you get there because you walk through 
the airport and you look at the ticket lines and they're massive. My God, it's just like, no wonder they tell you to come two, three, four hours early because there'll be hundreds of people trying to get through to the ticket window and give me a hard copy of my, of my ticket. There is one instance of hard copy tickets that comes to my mind. I actually had a cell phone at the time. I was traveling internationally. I was in Europe trying to get home. And I could not get my, my cell phone to get my information, uh, my ticket information, so I get on the, get on the uh, plane. So I thought I knew this. So I thought I'm just going to go to the airport a little bit early. I've seen these lines at the checkpoint. Oh, my God, they're massive. So I get there and it's a little, I'm early, man. I'm because I'm in a, I'm in Europe. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not familiar with the airport. I'm not familiar with the roads. I'm not familiar with all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. So I'm really early. I'm so early because I've, I've taken like the first flight out of Europe back to the States. The airport's barely open. I don't know, maybe 4.30 in the morning, something like that. And there I am standing at the airport ticket counter. Nobody around, nobody around. Finally, somebody comes in. I'm just standing there for a while. Who knows? It seems like a month. Probably was only uh, 10 minutes or so. So I get there and say, hey, look, you know, I can't, I can't get my tickets to get on this flight to get back to the States. And this lady's like, yeah, there seems to be something, pro- there seems to be a problem with the ticketing service. Like, really? I said, it's not just my cell phone or my connection. Said, no, no, there's something wrong with the, the tickets in, in our airlines. Now, I don't know what that means. Until I say to her, I realize, wait, I got to back home. I need to be home. I, you know, look, I love Europe. I love traveling, but I have responsibilities in the United States. I got to get there. And I'm on a fairly tight timeline to get home. I'm not the only one that's going to need a ticket printed out today. So they're calling the techs in. And, you know, now there's like a line starting to form a little bit. Uh, not much. They're not even in line at this airline. They're just kind of milling around in the airport. And I'm like, fine. I was like, look. Can you do me a solid here? Get me, get me on this flight. And the attendant looks at me and said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a blank ticket and I'm going to fill in the information in pencil, in pencil, not in, not in ink. Now, does that sound weird? Well, not if it's 1935, okay? This is post 9-11. I'm in Europe. You have a handwritten ticket and I don't, I'm not thinking too much about it until I get to the TSA checkpoint. Or I don't know if it's called TSA in Europe or not, but where they, you know, you have to show them your ticket. They're going to x-ray, you know, they'll scan your stuff. The agent's like, looking at this ticket, looking at me. He's like, where'd you get this ticket? It's like, uh, right over there. And he looks over there and she gives him a highball. The attendant gives him a highball, you know, thumbs up, let him through. Okay. Now it's, I'm getting a little like, uh-oh, how am I going to get back to the States? Whew. It was uh, definitely a hairy situation, having a handwritten ticket in the airport, getting through customs, getting through um, all the checkpoints, connecting flights I didn't have to worry about. But, you know, that, that whole TSA checkpoint line brings up another whole thing uh, about being inside the airport and issues. So I've, I've got some... Uh, knowledge to pass on to future travelers about the TSA checkpoint lines. There's things to watch out for. You don't want to get behind a family that have small children and babies, especially if they have a stroller. This slows the checkpoint line down very, very slow. 
almost to a crawl. And other things to be aware of is you want to get in a line where there's, you know, look, I'm an old guy now, right? But there are some older people who have been traveling, you know, not very frequently and they're slow and they have every right to be slow. And, and look, they just need some extra time, but that extra time slows the line down. All right, especially if you've got this thing tied to a you know par- fairly uh, tight get through TSA, get to the gate. Um, the other things, paper bags. If you see someone with a paper bag trying to go through the TSA line, don't get behind them. Okay, they're a newbie. Okay, and they're doing newbie stuff. You know, I just don't travel with a paper bag. I don't care if this paper bag has handles on it. Right, it still does not constitute a traveling piece of luggage just doesn't work okay it falls apart you want to find that seasoned traveler look for them you know all they have is their you know the wheelie board and their their computer case or purse or whatever and and you know that's it they're ready to go they you know they're they got their jacket off they've got their belt off they've got everything in their hand ready to go put it in the bin get it through that's the person you want to get behind because they're going to get through You, you want to get a couple of them in front of you by the way just one of these other people could slow the line down. But if you get a couple of these, you know, seasoned travelers, so to speak, in front of you, you are golden. And, and there's also the option of, you know, getting the, the the frequent flyer passes. I forget what they're called these days. I have one. I don't know what it's called. Each airport line is, each airport has kind of a different name for it. You get one to travel internationally. You get one to, to travel um, in the continental United States. It, it does. It, it goes faster. Uh, because people are going through these lines, first of all, there's fewer of them that have this, and there are, they've been around a block. They know what's going on, all right? I think it's called uh, the pre-check scenario, whatever. Anyways, I, I'm a member of it. You just, you know, you buy the ticket, it's on there, whatever. I use the same stain, same airlines all the time. So the last thing to look for, and this person is hard to tell, all right? It's hard to identify this person is the sniffer, okay? The sniffer. That's short. That's short. That's a, a term in our family. It's short for jock sniffer, someone who wants to be around someone who's famous, okay? The, all they want to do is, oh, look, you know, you know, there's there's ABC uh, athlete. There's a XYZ actor, actress. There's somebody within my own discipline that's, you know, really high up there. The sniffer, because the sniffer is going to be yapping at whoever they found to sniff, now, that's really hard to identify that person. But if you're a seasoned traveler, you can sniff out the sniffers. Don't get behind them. So you come through. All you have to do is get to your gate and wait. You know, it's, it, that, from that point on, it's fairly simple. Yeah, more to come on that in future podcasts. Well, I'll give you this little gem. I was uh, at a gate one time waiting to get a flight. I don't know how many years ago it was or even where I was going or what airline it was in. But I'm setting and, you know, you don't have to set in front of the the uh, gate that you're going to go out. You can set anywhere in the airport. You just got to get through the lines uh, to go out the gate. <laughs> so I wasn't in front of that. I was setting uh, in front of this uh, uh, flight to Cleveland because there, there weren't many people there. That, you know, it wasn't flying out till later in the day or whatever. It already flown out. So I'm sitting there and I see this guy walks up in front of me. Now I'm in the front row of this set of seats. This guy is walking up and down the aisleway with his 
paper bag and you know kids and strollers and all oh, everything you I just described but he's a unique guy he has a real hard southern accent you know he has on the the t-shirt that doesn't have any sleeves on it you know it's white it's ribbed uh, it's real tight to you and this guy was built you know he had he had the old beer belly and had a big old cowboy hat on and boots and jeans and oh man you look at him he was whew, sliced bread baby so he's looking there and I thought he was looking at me but he was looking behind me at this sign you know said where the flight was going was going to Cleveland and he looks and just in disgust oh by the way he's this big huge handlebar mustache and I'm looking at this guy wow well, what what's happening I'm glad there's no weapons allowed here uh, he was a scary dude uh and he just looks and he goes, who in the hell wants to go to Cleveland? And they walked away. You know, he was saying this in no, like, small tone. He was, he was going at it. Loud enough for everybody in the place to hear. So, the, you know, the people you meet in an airport. Oh, my God. I mean, there's just huge, huge diversity in the airport. You know, everybody, you know, that, that new unseasoned traveler will think that everybody's traveling to the same destination they are. Oh, I'm going to, you know, Kansas City. Uh, what, you know, why are you going to Kansas City? As the conversation might start, and like, I'm not going to Kansas City. You know, I'm going to, you know, Portland, Oregon or whatever. So anyways, you know, just people, all kinds of people, all, all different, all different places in the world, all different nationalities, all different, you know, religions, all different, you know, just different people, man. The diversity of people are great. One time, I actually really got to know most, a lot of these people. I was in this airport. It's fairly far north of the United States, and we got a really, really bad snowstorm. Uh, I mean, I was the last flight into the snowstorm. After the flight that landed, I was on it landed, they started to reroute planes to uh, to uh, some other airport because it, they closed it. The airport closed. It was actually closed for three days. They got snowed in. It was that bad. They got snowed in. The city was on high alert, whatever you want to call it. You know, they shut everything down. Do not get on the roads. You know, there is no travel, no buses, no, no taxis. There's no cars. There's nothing. No four-wheel drive pickup trucks going anywhere. It's closed. Stay off the road. It was bad. Yeah, I don't know how much snow they got because I was inside this airport for three days. You know, boy, you talk about, you know, getting to know people. You know, I like I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to go outside. I'll just get a cab and go someplace else. I'll get on a, a train or something. The trains weren't running with so much snow. That's odd when the trains shut down. Not a hotel room anywhere. A lot of times there's hotels, uh, part of the airport now. There was no hotel rooms, no, no rental cars, no nothing. It was, you're staying here until we dig you out. Okay, well, talking about getting to know people. It was, you know, it's like your, you know, little street in uh, hometown USA. You're just like, okay, I'm going to hang out in this part of the airport. You get to know those people. There's Fred, there's Sally, there's George, you know, there's Susie. There's, you know, hey, how you going? Da, 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 you know, what's happening? You know, you get to find out, you know, what they're doing, where they are. You know, sometimes like, oh, let's go over to this restaurant. Now, luckily, there's food inside this airport, but they're not getting food in. They're only gonna, you're only going to eat and drink whatever's inside the airport. There is no contact with the outside world. You are isolated, right? So they have bathrooms, they have food, you know. So you go, well, okay, go over here and eat whatever. Oh, let's go over here. Let's have, you know, some, some Italian today. Or let's have a sandwich today or, you know, whatever. Got nothing to do but hang out and talk to people. You know, it was actually 
pretty, you know, scary for uh, the group of people because if you had, if they had packed their medication or something that was a necessity of life to them, like you had to go to the airport attendant. There, yeah, there's airport attendants there. There's pilots there. Everybody who was in the airport at the time they shut it down, they are there. Okay. And you had to get permission to go back and get your luggage, get to your luggage in the, in the baggage area uh, where it came off the plane. There are people that, you know, needed insulin and, and all types of medication, you know, blood pressure medication. I don't know what the specific medications were, but look, you know, after a couple of days, you only have so much medication in your, in your carry-on or in your purse or in your, your briefcase or your computer case, whatever. So that was a bit of an issue. You got to know who these people were and, uh, you know, no one, no one had super issues, but they had to be aware of that. The third day, you know, we started like, there's no food in the restaurant or excuse me, there's no food in any of the restaurants uh, except this uh, Oriental restaurant. Don't get me wrong. I love Oriental food. And, and I love, you know, this Oriental restaurant wasn't bad inside the airport. But I'm not going to lie to you. It was tough eating there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a whole day. Because at dinner time, they kind of ran out. This is it. We don't have any more. I, you know, Fat guys always get their food. I was already fed before they ran out of food, you know. Yeah, so the necessities of life. You know, think about trying to shower. You know, going to the bathroom is one thing. That's easy. But taking a shower, boy, talk about getting gamey. Woo! Yeah. Um, you know, there's just really, I couldn't find any showers, any public showers in this in this airport, which I don't know if, all airports are like that, or just this one didn't have a showers. But, you know, you go into the bathroom, there's a line at the sink. You know, people, you know, have, you know, nothing but their BVDs on and they're just washing down. You're getting gamey smelling, man, after three days. You know, it's, oof. Ah, yeah, you're, you're washing. And you're washing with whatever kind of soap they have there because you, well, I didn't have any carry-on soap anyways. It didn't have anything to sleep under or with. I didn't have a pillow. I didn't have a blanket. So there was a time when, I think it was like the first day, the first evening, people were going, uh, uh, airport personnel going around. They had these like really thin, looked like uh, cellophane type material. They were silver. I've seen pictures of them. Like they use these things. They are warm. And yes, they are warm. I use one, you know, to, to sleep in. And here's the, the issue about sleeping now. You have to put yourself in a situation. I have no idea how many people are in this airport because I only small, saw a small section of it. But where are you going to sleep? Okay, you have... You have the um, waiting areas that have some seats that don't have arms on them, so you can actually lay down on a seat. But for the most part, you're laying on the floor somewhere. It's kind of like being homeless. You know, you have no place to sleep every night. So you try different places, and all of a sudden, you know, I, you know the second night, you know, we got out of there before the third night. By the second night, you're like, okay, this is my area. You know, I'm, I'm going to be here, right? Stupid me, I was, you know, it was getting time to go to bed and, you know, it was like well, one or two in the morning. I don't know what it was. I had been drinking and eating and whatever, you know, what are you going to do when you're in there? You're going to talk, you're going to drink, you're going to eat. That's it. Uh, so, you know, I was having my share of adult beverages and, okay, where am I going to sleep? And I got my little silver blanket, whatever, you know, silver, I, I don't know what it's called. I say, like, all right, I'm kind of out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to sleep over here in the hallway. It's a hard surface. I've been sleeping on on a carpet the first night. Carry-on bag down, put my computer case down, I put my head on them, uh, you know, like somebody's going to steal it after all this. And I'm going to sleep. And I fall asleep finally, you know. And it's like 
you know, about half loaded. It's the middle of the night. It's like three or four in the morning. So I've been asleep for a couple of hours. And all of a sudden, I hear it. I felt something go by my face. I hear it again. What what is this? And I open my eyes up and here it's coming back at me. It's this floor cleaner piece of equipment. It's something this guy's riding on. It looked exactly like a Zamboni, like the one you see in hockey games, you know, that comes out re-ice. It looked like this Zamboni, but it was some kind of a vacuum machine and they were sweeping up on the front end. It was vacuum on the front end. On the back end, it was putting down a liquid, you know, and it had like a little squeegee on it. It was, ah, it was weird. Okay, now I'm drunk. I haven't been sleeping well. I'm under this goofy silver blanket. And this Zamboni is about half spraying me twice while I'm laying there asleep, trying to sleep. And it's in the middle of the night. It's like, you know, they're vacuuming dust bunnies. You know, it's like, what, what is going on? I never thought about them cleaning the floor and where I was going to sleep. This happened every night, I guess, especially when you got the thing full of people eating and sleeping. They're never leaving. But this thing is like circling me. It's just circling me. It's like, all of a sudden, I stand up. I was like, buddy, what's going on? The guy's like waving his arms. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I'm thinking, how much? How many dust bunnies you got to sweep up in an airport? It's been closed. Like, Where are you getting gasoline for that thing? Or I get propane or whatever it ran on. Anyways, scared the living crap out of me. You know, I'm drunk and I get woken up by a Zamboni trying to sweep me up. Oh, life in an airport for three days. Can't beat it. Oh, it must be nice to travel. You must see all these great things. Yeah. Remember, I'm working, folks. It's not all it's cracked up to be some days. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. It's not my...